Good morning, everyone. Let me ask you a question. Have you been persecuted lately? No, really. Have you been persecuted for Christ's sake lately? We're in a study on the Beatitudes. This is the last Beatitude. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I can't tell you how, I mean, all the Beatitudes have been powerful to me. But this one hits me really hard. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. I look at my life, I look at how I've lived, I look at the freedoms that I have, and I am not persecuted for Christ's sake. I'm not being persecuted for Christ's sake. I live in a world where I have this freedom. Thank God for that. And yes, there's 40 countries, 40 countries around the world that are still persecuting others, torturing them, throwing them in prison, beheading them, killing them, all for their faith in Jesus Christ. It's going on in this world. There are more Christians being persecuted and are suffering death than any time in our history. Many people are dying because of their faith. Blessed are, the blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I look at my life and I go, have I been persecuted for righteousness? Have I been persecuted? You know, I think some of us probably do believe that we have been persecuted for righteousness' sake. I know I used to think that way. Man, I've been persecuted. I stood up for what I believed in. And I know that those, I mean, I mean, we had yelling arguments. And I've had yelling things with other people and stuff and yelling back and forth. Here's my view. Here's your view. Let's go at it. And it was with my friends. It was with them and my position, your position. Let's go at it and let's see if we can come at this and see who wins. And we're still doing that, aren't we? Yelling at each other. Yelling at each other. All because we have this opinion of ours that we believe is correct. And another person has their opinion and they believe they're correct and so we yell at each other. And as, I, and as I think about that passage, blessed are those who are persecuted, we don't, we don't even know what persecution is. No, really. We have no clue. We have no clue. 
I mean, I think about the persecution in Jesus' day, and as people were coming into Jerusalem, there were usually some crosses hanging there with people hanging on them because the Romans were saying, if you don't listen to what we do and do what we ask you to do, you're going to end up exactly like these people. Exactly like these people. Now, we don't understand what persecution is. And even in the first, even in those, the, the first century there in the churches, and, and, and as Paul was going out and, and persecuting people, we don't understand what was happening with all those Christians. How many of them were thrown into the Colosseum and eaten by lions, tortured, killed by the sword? We don't understand what persecution is. And even Jesus, even Jesus, as he's standing before Pilate, as he's standing there, even, in, even, even when he was standing in front of the, the chief priest, before he goes to Pilate, they're all accusing him. They're all beating him. And then, then you go to uh, Pilate, and all these accusations are coming again at Jesus. When Jesus finished answered, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. And it says, listen, listen, listen. It says, Pilate was amazed. Pilate was amazed at Jesus' silence. So when's the last time you've been persecuted for righteousness' sake? No, really. When's the last time you've been persecuted for righteousness' sake? Now, here's something I think that I did when I was growing up is I had this righteousness that I thought was my own and, and I needed to actually defend it. Now, I believe that. I believe that if, there's, if, if somebody asks a question, I should be ready to give an answer for the faith and for the, that I hold dear. I believe that wholeheartedly. But also believe what Paul says when he says, and that should be seasoned, it should be great, done graciously and seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Seasoned with salt. In other words, the relation should be preserved and not destroyed in that conversation that you have with one another. Do you remember that this Jesus Jesus, his greatest rebukes were for whom? One for the people who were struggling in their faith. Be careful here, because Jesus, his strongest rebukes, whether it was a parable that was directed at them, whether it was directly inferred or whether they just had an argument it was at the religious people of his day that's where jesus's strongest rebukes were why because they had a righteousness of their own and not a righteousness from god they had a righteousness of their own and that's why Jesus could look at those Pharisees and say, Woe to you, Pharisee! Woe to you, Pharisee! Woe to you, Pharisee! Woe to you, Pharisee! Woe to you, Pharisees! Woe to you, Pharisees! And he had his harshest rebukes 
for the teachers of the law, for the Sadducees, for the, for the Pharisees, for the chief priests. His harshest rebuke were toward the religious people. Why? Again, because they had a righteousness of their own. Understand, this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. I get that. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Whose righteousness? My righteousness has got to be something different than the scribes and the Pharisees, does it not? Yes. In fact, Paul goes back to this same point that a lot of people in Jesus' day, and a lot of people even in his day, have a righteousness of their own. That was their problem. They had a righteousness of their own. Listen to this passage in Romans chapter uh, 10. I'm going to start with verse 2. For I bear witness that they have a zeal for God. Okay, so all these, these scribes, all these Pharisees, all these teachers of the law, they had a zeal for God. They had a zeal for God. Paul doesn't deny that. Jesus doesn't deny that. But he goes on, Paul does. But not according to knowledge. Not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own what? Their own righteousness. They did not submit to whose righteousness? God's righteousness. They did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For everyone who believes. When I was growing up, there were times when I was in conversations loudly, okay, yelling, screaming, and my fellow classmates, because of our beliefs, our differences of opinion on Scripture and how to interpret that, I interpret it one way, they interpret it the other, I'm right, they're wrong. And when I was yelling and screaming at my friends, and I believe some of us think that we are standing up for our own righteousness when people disagree with us and we fire back at them and say, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Now, I think we need to be very careful with that. Okay? I think we need to be very careful with that. Because that's, understand, that's Pharisees. That's, that's exactly what Paul's talking about. Having a righteousness of your own. I'm going to pay, make my righteousness my righteousness and not your righteousness, God. They had a righteousness of their own. And I think that's very easy. And here's, here's how we do it. I'm going to use a word. It's called hermeneutical privilege. In other words, that hermeneutics is just a science of studying of Scripture. Okay? It's a science of studying of Scripture. It's how one looks at 
scripture and how one looks at the word of God and actually interprets it. And that's why there's so many different religions because everybody's interpreting it the way they want to. And one claims it right and another person claims it right. And many times we're going against each other and I'm yelling at somebody and they're yelling at me and I want to be right. And we take privileges because many times we make the law, we make the, the scripture say exactly what we want it to say. Not what it actually saying. We just put, pick, and choose, and grab, and just take this and that, and then we go, this is it. This is what it says. You need to believe this to be true. That's exactly what Jesus was saying about the Pharisees and what they did. He said they preach, but they do not practice. They preach those words that they're supposed to, we're supposed to listen to, but they don't practice those things in their lives. Woe to you Pharisees. This hits me so hard because I've been one. I've been a Pharisee. I've been a Pharisee. And it's easy to do. It's a righteousness of my own. And yet, Paul says no one's righteous. No, not one. Not one of us is righteous. See, my righteousness is not defined by my beliefs. My righteousness, not my own, as Paul was talking about in Romans. My righteousness is defined by God. He is the righteousness. He is my righteousness. Now remember, this is the Beatitudes. This is the Beatitudes. And Jesus is talking about kingdom language. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. There's that righteousness word again. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I believe we have to be really, really careful. Really careful. That we understand our position, our position is not a position of our own. It's a position that has been given to us by God, His grace. He's bestowed upon us a righteousness. Bestowed that upon us. It's a gift. It's a free gift that He's given us by grace. 
He's given us that gift through His Son, Jesus Christ, who has washed us and cleansed us. And now God can look down and I deem you as a righteous individual. And that righteous individual, that's a position I have. But also it's a practice. It's a practice. They preach, but they do not practice is what Jesus said. They preach, but they do not practice. How many of us preach, but we do not practice what Jesus is asking us to do? Remember, that's exactly what the Romans passage there said. That Romans passage said, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. He's the end of the righteousness. In other words, Christ is the one I'm supposed to hold up as my righteousness. He's the one who's supposed to be, I'm supposed to look to and see and live my life like he did. Like he does. I'm supposed to walk in his path. Supposed to walk in his ways. But broad is the way that leads to destruction. And narrow is the path that leads to life. And it's hard. And it's not easy. And it's not easy dealing with people. And it's not easy uh, dealing with others. And people don't like what I say or they don't like... We understand that Jesus was standing before Pilate and did not revile in return. He did not revile in return. I mean, that's what Peter says. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. We do, though, don't we? I have. I know this. James, we're supposed to give an answer. Yes. Yes, give an answer, but do it with graciousness and do it seasoned with salt that it may last, that it may continue. Jesus said, Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. We're here to seek and save that which is lost. We are here not to condemn, but to save. That's what Jesus said. I did not come to condemn, but to save. You say, but Jesus, he actually stood up for what? You know who, I'm sorry, but do you know who Jesus actually had more things to say about than any other people? It wasn't the ones who were lost. Jesus had more condemnation for the religious people. For the religious people. For those who thought they had everything right, for everything thought they knew everything about how to live and how to how to be. Jesus looks and he said, No, I want you to give people peace. That righteousness includes his practice, his his our position, his, the practice we have in Jesus, and that peace, that shalom toward others. It's shalom that I'm supposed to have toward others. Brothers and sisters, we will be persecuted. We are. We will be persecuted. We'll have people who will revile us. We'll have people who do not like us. The question is, is how are you going to respond and how am I going to respond? You're going to yell? You're going to scream? You're going to holler? Or are we going to be more like Jesus? We'll talk about that next week.
But I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. And when I, when I started studying this week, I cannot imagine how many people are actually being persecuted for Jesus Christ today. Today. In our world. Are being persecuted for righteousness sake. They're being thrown in prison. They're being tortured. They're being beheaded. They're being killed. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the way of God, for His way. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said this, I mean the Hebrew writer said this about persecution. And what more shall I say for time would fail me to tell of the prophets. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Those are the people of faith. And those are the people of faith today that are doing the same thing. Who are standing up for righteousness and being persecuted. Blessed are those. Blessed are those individuals. I want to end this morning encouraging you to seek a righteousness not of your own, but one of God and of Jesus. And the other thing I want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you not to revile in return. Answer. Be a person that answers. Yes, Jesus came to bring a sword. It did divide. He divided the religious with those who were not. He put a sword right into the heart of those who felt like they were self-righteous. That's what he did. And if you feel that that self-righteousness, if you have that, please, please, we need to change. Our role is to look like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to be like Jesus. To walk in His ways toward others. He showed compassion. He mourned with those who mourned. He was a peacemaker. He was persecuted for righteousness' sake. He hungered and thirsted after righteousness. He was meek. He was meek and he was merciful. And he was pure in heart. So brothers and sisters, as we end, I want to say a prayer for those who are being persecuted 
today. And I pray that God will be with you and that he will be your righteousness. Let's pray. God, I thank you for our study on these Beatitudes. And Lord, I ask that you be with all those who are imprisoned, those who have been tortured, those who have been flogged, and many who have lost their lives for your sake. I pray that you will be with them. I pray that you will be with their families. I pray that you will strengthen those churches that are hiding in the catacombs, in places where are caves. Pray that you'll be with those churches. Lord, we seek your righteousness. In many ways, we made your word say what we wanted to say. And we're sorry for that. And may we be people of peace. May we know how to answer everybody. Yes, please, give the Holy Spirit to us so that we can answer people. But as we do, make sure that that's gracious and done with seasoned with salt. Lord, how I love you and how I ask that you be with this body of Christians who call this their home. May you watch over them and may you care for them and may you give them your peace as only you can. It's in your son's name who gave us that peace, who came and showed us this life. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.